It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the show. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Odyssey. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, where every single Friday, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So go ahead and get those questions into me now by either adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow me there on Twitter at Julian Council. On today's show, it is another crossover Thursday, which means I'm going to sit down with Mike DeBate, the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast on today's show. We'll take a look at Stephon Gilmore. His revenge game against a team that let him go and would not pay him. Also, Sam Darnold, Chris McCaffrey, will they be back? And what kind of challenge does New England present on Sunday in the Week 9 matchup between the Patriots and the Panthers over at Bank of America Stadium? So we'll get into all of that here on the show after these messages from our friends over at McDonald's and at Get Upside. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Lockdown Panthers watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an amazing app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get the bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account. PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. New England Patriots fans, Carolina Panthers fans, it is once again Crossover Thursday all throughout the Locked On Podcast Network, 
especially on the NFL channel. And this Sunday, week nine, the New England Patriots travel to Charlotte, North Carolina, Ric Flair country, to take on the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium at 1 p.m. Eastern. Both of these teams coming into this matchup with four and four records, and a win is of utmost importance. And here today to break it all down is myself, the host of Locked On Patriots, Mike DeBate, and I am supremely excited to be joined by Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. Julian, been waiting a while to share the microphone with you. Always a lot of fun when we get to hook up to do these crossover episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network. Absolutely. Mike, very excited to talk to you too. Patriots, Panthers, it's been a while since the two have played a game in Charlotte. I know we're talking about, I think the last time they were here in town was the Monday night football game back when Cam Newton was still here in Carolina. Of course, Tom Brady there in New England. It was the infamous or the famous, maybe infamous up in your parts of the uh, the country, Ice Up Sun game with Steve Smith following the win um, against the Pats that day as he said that message to Akib to leave. So I'm very excited to see what's happening on Sunday between these two four and four teams who at least for New England, are definitely eyeing the playoffs after a big win and Carolina finally getting out to snide with their win in Atlanta on Sunday. Absolutely. And look, there's some history between these two teams. We all go back to the Super Bowl days of Brady dueling it out with Jake DeLome. There yeah. is a lot to go on. Uh, the Patriots obviously signing Cam Newton after his tenure and his productive tenure uh, with the Carolina Panthers coming back up here to New England last year. But for some issues and we won't get into those it's probably a conversation for another day uh this would have been cam newton's reunion uh game against the carolina panthers but as we were saying before we started to uh, record today julian the football gods did still give us a pretty intriguing and juicy storyline and that is a revenge game of its own with stefan gilmore now wearing a carolina panthers uniform of course stefan being from the area he goes home to play for his hometown panthers and it's still a topic of discussion up here, Julian. So we'll start with that today, since we're going to talk about the New England Patriots first and their information that we'd like to get from the Carolina Panthers. And that is Gilmore comes down to uh, Carolina and he comes in now, mm -hmm. obviously active. He's back playing again. This is a secondary right now that has already lost rookie J.C. Horn, Justin Burris, Miles Hartsfield. They're all on injured reserve. C.J. Henderson missed the uh, Falcons, uh, you know, win with a shoulder injury. But that cupboard is far from being bare. As Gilmore comes into the mix last week, he joins a secondary with A.J. Boye, Dante Jackson, Keith Taylor. There's still a lot to like in that cornerback room. When you Absolutely. look at Stephon Gilmore now, as a part of this franchise and a part of the Carolina Panthers, what does he mean, first of all, to that room? And what type of message do you think he's going to be willing to send to the New England Patriots on Sunday? Well, first off, people are fired up locally to be able to get a former defensive player of the year from two years removed who's from the area and grew up here as a Carolina Panthers fan. So that's just awesome that Gilmore is here. And the way that he played on Sunday in Atlanta – only 13 snaps, but he was instrumental in that game in taking away Kyle Pitts, who the previous two weeks against the Jets and the Dolphins had started to look like the Kyle Pitts everyone expected him to look like when he came out of the University of Florida and was drafted fourth overall by the Falcons. He had the game-sealing interception in that game of Matt Ryan when he was in coverage against Kyle Pitts. Coming into the secondary, he, just, he doesn't just add his talent, but he adds the experience alongside guys like Dante Jackson, who's really had a good season, Keith Taylor, who's a six-round pick at the University of Washington, has really shown a lot so far this season. And he's been able to help groom guys like um, 
CJ Henderson this year. And even JC Horn is probably not playing. He's still able to sit there in the meeting rooms and be able to learn from a guy like Gilmore, who he has a connection to having both been from the university of South Carolina. So getting one of the top defensive players in the NFL, having the experience and him also being a local kid, it's the total package for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm certainly thrilled that he's here. I know the fan base is thrilled that he's here. And I imagine that Matt rule and the entire coaching staff and organization have to be thrilled that he's out there. And he has made no bones about it. Sunday is a revenge game earlier this year (laughs) against the jets. It was widely discussed that Sam Darnold revenge game against New York. Sam Darnold does not have the kind of personality that's going to openly say it was a revenge game. And I honestly don't even know if it was a revenge game for him. He, of course, he wanted to win it as things didn't work out for him in New York. Uh, whether that was Gase's fault, we've seen here in Carolina, a lot of it also was very much so him. But Stephon Gilmore's already come out and said, I have something to prove on Sunday, and I expect him to go out there and do play his tail off against his former team and show Bill Belichick what he's missing by not re-signing him. Yeah, I know another beloved cornerback that wore the number 24 up here in New England for a number of years, Ty Law, Pro Football Hall of Famer, said that he talked wow. to Stefan earlier this week and that Stefan made it very clear a couple of times when he talked to Steph, yeah, Sunday is a, that that's circled on his calendar. Sunday is a date that he's targeting and there's no question about it. And look, Stefan is still one of the best corners in the league. He is arguably one of the best cover corners I've ever covered uh, in my time uh, covering the New England Patriots and he was just such a great guy to cover up here as well having the opportunity to go back and forth with him very active in the community uh Stefan is very much missed here in New England not just for the prowess and the abilities that he's shown on the field but also for everything he did up here in New England as well so I know Patriots fans are not looking forward to seeing him light up this team uh with possible interceptions or uh you know pass breakups or some of the things that he did so well up here and even if you don't see him on on the stat sheet it means he's doing his job very well he's covering some of the Patriots big time receivers he knows this offense as well as anyone for a lot of people and I see this a lot in New England right now there are people that are saying well he doesn't know Matt Jones he didn't you know practice against him or he doesn't know the new receivers or the new tight ends Stefan was very much involved in the game planning the strategy he was also very much involved in um, you know being uh, aware and evaluating the job that Mac Jones was doing and the young corners like JC Jackson um, mm-hmm. you know this is a situation where Gilmore is very well versed in this offense so even though he may not have seen practice time against some of these guys out there he definitely knows what they're capable of and what they can do so a great matchup coming up and we'll see we'll see what happens but if there's one thing that I've learned in my time covering Stefan Gilmore it's never bet against him <laughs> uh, he oh, always no. will bring his a game and he'll continue to do so so I for one I'm looking forward to seeing him again but most importantly uh you know I think it'll be a great matchup for uh, uh for the Patriots wide receivers and their tight ends to see if they can get the better of him easier said than done um Julian staying on that subject for just a moment uh with regard yeah. to the Panthers defense a lot is made about their passing offense and the uh, passing defense excuse me and their pass defense is very good I mean they're limiting you know uh they rank second in the league allowing 189 yards per game through the air but this is also a run defense that is a little bit better than their ranking um you know right now uh there are some circumstances where the patriots are looking to run the ball but the panthers can stop the uh uh, the run as well opponents have churned out 4.4 yards per carry against Carolina, which ranks 21st. But this is a team that can be very stout up front, especially against a Patriots offensive line that 
has played a little bit better as of late, but still has a share of question marks. How good has this Carolina run defense uh, been? And do you think they're up to the challenge of stopping a guy like Damian Harris, who's coming off a of back-to-back 100-yard games? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Like against teams like Dallas that really likes to run a lot of 13 personnel and is known to have a very good offense line to be very committed to the run, they had trouble. Going to that game, they were averaging only giving up 45 yards per game on the run, in that game on the ground, and in that game they gave up 245 yards total to Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and Tony Pollard of Dallas in that loss. You also go back a few weeks after that and look at the Vikings game with Dalvin Cook, he gets over 100 yards in his debut after missing a couple weeks with that ankle injury. So teams that are dedicated to running the football and like to run a lot of 12 and 13 personnel have had success in the Carolina Panthers just based off of, you know, Phil Snow liking the the defense coordinator in Carolina, liking to play a lot of three-man fronts, and certainly guys like Daquan Jones, who I thought was one of the key free agent acquisitions this past offseason coming over from Tennessee, where he was a part of some Titan defenses that helped them get to the AFC title game a couple years ago, and then the one division last year there in the AFC South, and then also pairing him with Derrick Brown, who's a first-rounder out of Auburn, seventh overall back in 2020. That has helped them to try and solidify the, the middle of the of defensive line where they didn't have that last year with Kwan Short missing the majority of the season with a shoulder injury. Adding in Shaq Thompson, who came back on Sunday, who had 10 tackles, eight of them solo and 35 snaps against, against the Falcons, is certainly going to help Carolina's ability to stop the run on Sunday against New England. So I, I think they're probably more of an average um, run def- defensive team or uh, average against the, the run defensively more so than they are kind of one of the top teams in the league. And then because they have a lot of like slider or frame guys like a Brian Burns or like a um, Hassan Redick who also have to be out there stopping the run, that can make things a little bit difficult for them when they have to go up against those certain personnel that you might see from a Dallas or from a Minnesota. So if New England's going to incorporate that on Sunday, they might be able to have a decent amount of success against Carolina on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And New England is right now trying to rely a little bit more heavily on their ground game. And we'll talk about New England and their strategy in a little bit when you put me on the hot seat here in just a moment. But one thing that I know the Patriots are going to want to do is try to be able to incorporate, get Damian Harris involved early because it opens up so much when it comes to what they're predicated to do well on offense, which is utilizing the run to open up play action for Mac Jones to be able to, uh, uh, you know, to utilize the field, the short passes. Uh, you know, that uh, uh, he has to his targets. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, uh, being able to defend against the 12, 13-man personnel. If they're defending against 12, and the New England Patriots do have two pretty adept tight ends to be able to put into that offensive scheme and a, uh, um, a 12-man personnel in John o. Smith and in Hunter Henry. So good information yeah. and very good insight when it comes to the Panthers' run defense because we hear so much about the aerial defense. And believe me, that pass defense is as stout as it comes. It's nice to know that there's a good balance, and the Patriots have a fight on their hands. There's no question about it. Julian, before we flip the script and you put me on the hot seat, the hot-button question right now that is not named Stephon Gilmore when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, at least with Patriots fans, is the health of their top quarterback and their top running back. Sam Darnold, obviously limited in practice on Wednesday He's suffering from a right shoulder issue, and he's also still being evaluated for concussions. When it comes to uh, Christian McCaffrey, he right now has now been, um, well, I should say he's back on the practice field after being on uh, injured reserve. That 21-day window is now open. Reports are that he looked pretty good moving about the field. So if you had to guess in terms of these two players, 
being able to suit up for Sunday. Who would you say is a little more likely at this point? What's your take on that? And if Darnold is not able to go, how difficult can the Carolina Panthers make this on the New England Patriots, especially with much more of a mobile quarterback, which traditionally Patriots have had difficulty defending? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I guess the easier guess would be that McCaffrey would play on Sunday just based off of concussions, a head injury. Like, it's impossible to know how Sam Darnold's brain is going to react to the trauma that it suffered on Sunday when he got rocked by Foyer Aluakun of the Atlanta Falcons. He also has a slight shoulder injury. That showed up on the injury report on Wednesday as Matt Rule spoke to the media. But the fact that Darnold, throughout the concussion protocol right now, was able to at least be very limited and out at practice on Wednesday is a step in the right direction towards him potentially playing on Sunday afternoon. Then again, who knows how he feels on Thursday and then on Friday and then Saturday, maybe even Sunday. So I think it's really hard to know whether he's going to play or not. With Christian McCaffrey, he's missed the last five games, even the second half of the game on that Thursday night against Houston. He thinks a quick turnaround was a part of the reason why he injured his hamstring. The Panthers tried to do the whole wait and see week to week thing with him before placing him on IR a couple weeks ago. He's missed 18 of the 24 games during the Matt Rule era. So he has not been out there under this offense with Joe Brady and back last year with Teddy Bridgewater. And then really this year with Sam Darnold. So hopefully he'll be available to go. If he's not, they really showed a lot running the football on Sunday against Atlanta with guys like Chuba Hubbard, who they drafted out of the fourth round, who was very good on the ground on Sunday. Also adding in Amir Abdullah and Royce Freeman, Darnold helped them out in the run game where they had over 200 yards rushing and 47 yards, uh, 47 attempts, which is both rule era highs for the team and he came out and said what he wants his team to focus on is being a ground and pound team they are not an elite passing team anytime they have any sort of errors on offense it comes because of the pass game whether that's a darn fumble or an interception or the offensive line giving up a sack things just have not worked out well for them passing the football so whether sam Darnold plays or not and pj walker who would be the starters called upon carolina's gonna be looking to hand the ball off 35 40 times that's what their plan is going to be. It's not going to be out here trying to throw the ball 30, 40 times and seeing if they can beat New England secondary. It's going to come down to how well they can run the football. So McCaffrey's back out there. That would be fantastic for them. But that at least showed last week against Atlanta that they're certainly capable of being able to run the football and not leaning on Sam Darnold to go out there and make a ton of plays for them, even though he was efficient when they asked him to throw the football on Sunday. So if anything, I'd say McCaffrey's far more likely to play Sam Darnold who knows? Hopefully he's able to play because they certainly have a better opportunity with him out there than with P.J. Walker. Neither one of those quarterbacks protect the football at the level that you would like. But Darnold's definitely the better player for the Carolina Panthers and gives them the best opportunity to win on Sunday against New England. Yeah, absolutely. New England's run defense is going to have to be on their A game. And that New England front seven has been much better each and every week, thanks to the play of rookie defensive tackle Christian Barmore, who incidentally was limited in practice participation on Wednesday with a foot injury. The Patriots still have a lot of firepower, especially a guy named Matt Judon in that linebacking core that has been a beast in getting after quarterbacks. In just a moment, folks, Julian Council, host of the Locked On Panthers podcast, will put me, Mike DeBay, host of Locked On Patriots, on the hot seat as we discuss this one from a Patriots perspective. More on this Crossover Thursday episode across the Locked On Podcast Network when this episode of the crossover between Locked On Patriots and Locked On Panthers continues. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the NBA and college basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. 
Head to their new updated West. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from the NBA to college basketball, college football, the NFL, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Yet another crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Panthers podcast and on the Locked On Patriots podcast. I'm your host of the Locked On Panthers podcast, Julian Council, joined by Locked On Patriots host Mike DeBate. And Mike, big time game going on between two 500 teams on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. You have the Patriots perspective for us. Mac Jones is now the new franchise quarterback for New England. We thought that maybe when the schedule was announced that this week nine matchup would be the return of Cam Newton. He is obviously no longer in New England as Mac Jones beat him out. And there was also maybe some vaccination issues that led to his release there in New England. He's still out on the street. Carolina Panther fans would love for them to re-sign him, even though they're not living in reality. But Mac Jones, the reality is he is a starter for New England and he will be facing the Panthers on Sunday. Carolina's done really well so far this season against rookie quarterbacks in Zach Wilson, who went second overall to the Jets and against uh, Davis Mills of the Texans. But Mac Jones has looked pretty good from an outsider's perspective so far this season. What are your overall thoughts on how he's been able to run Josh McDaniels offense so far through the first eight weeks of the season in New England? Well, that's a great question, Julian. And one of the best things about Mac's ability to run this offense is he is the perfect type of quarterback to be able to run the offense that Josh McDaniels loves to run. A timing-based offense predicated on quick, accurate throws, reaching the intended target where only the intended target can get it, and getting the ball out, making the quick the quick re- the pre-snap read, excuse me, uh, that allows you to be able to do that. If you can run that type of offense, you can execute a Josh McDaniel system very well. And Mac has done that very well. There are times where Mac does look like a rookie. He'll either make an ill-advised throw instead of knowing when to take the sack or throw the ball out of bounds. These are still things that he's learning. But one thing that he's been tremendous with is accuracy. Save for some accuracy issues, ironically, in the Patriots' victory over the Los Angeles Chargers last week, 27 to 24, Mac has been extremely accurate, completing well over 70% of his passes on the year. So for any quarterback, that's always a good statistic. For a rookie, that's an excellent statistic. He has been very good. But one of the big things that surprised, pleasantly surprised me, is the poise that he's showing. 
showing, the command that he's showing in uh, running this offense. He doesn't shy away from the moment. He'll take the hit and he'll be able to go back and get back on the field and do it. Two weeks ago against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, arguably throwing a back-breaking pick six to one of the best corners in the league in Trevon Diggs would have pretty much killed the confidence of any rookie quarterback, maybe even yeah. any veteran quarterback. Mack went back to the bench, hung his head, picked it back up, came back out and not only ran the same type of play, but he ran the same, almost the same play to the same receiver and targeted the same cornerback that picked him off. That shows an awful lot of guts. And you can hear a lot of the teammates of Mac Jones, whether it be on the offense or defensive side of the ball, that are really impressed by the poise that this kid is showing. So future is very bright for the New England Patriots with Mac Jones under center. There will still continue to be bumps and bruises and growing pains throughout the year. Uh, but I think they definitely realize that they got a good one uh, when they picked the rookie at number 15 overall in the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, I love that you bring up that point there about the interception that he threw to Trayvon Diggs and coming back and leading him to a drive that ended up tying the game and taking him Dallas to overtime, a team that Carolina has also played. And that kind of shows how good New England might be this year after they played Tampa Bay tough, getting that road win against the Chargers on Sunday. I think they're starting to turn a lot of heads across the National Football League, which makes it an interesting time for them to come down here to play Carolina on Sunday in the Stephon Gilmore revenge game. And Mac Jones is certainly a guy I'm, I'm sure Carolina Panther fans might start looking at and being like, why didn't we go after him, considering he was a part of Matt Rule and the Panther staff's senior bowl team down in Mobile back in January. So it'll be interesting to see what the matchup looks like. Now, last season, New England didn't seem to have the greatest of weapons around Cam Newton. This year, they spent a lot of money on free agency, bringing guys like Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, two tight ends, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. What have you seen from the receivers and the overall arsenal around Mac Jones this season that might be able to match up against this very vaunted Panther secondary that has Stephon Gilmore, the former New England Patriot? Yeah, this to me is going to be the uh, the determining factor, I think, in whether or not the Patriots successful. They're going to try to talk about the Panthers run defense and what they're going to try to do to defend the New England Patriots in that regard and keep someone like a, um, uh, a Damian Harris off the field or keep him from uh, gaining significant yards right off the bat. But in order to do this, the Patriots are going to have to test that secondary a little bit. And that includes Stephon Gilmore, a guy that I would look for Mac Jones to zero in on on Sunday would be Jacoby Myers. That's his top target. He's targeted him more than any other receiver in the, in uh, on the team so far he continues to be that type of player that can eat up yards and get you the catch when you need to the Patriots have been a little bit I think over aggressive in trying to feed Jacoby Myers the ball in case you haven't noticed and some uh, you know Carolina Panthers fans may not know this Jacoby actually has not had a regular season NFL touchdown yet he's had a couple of receptions in the end zone for two-point conversions but Mac Jones seems to be very eager to try to get that so the Patriots are going to have to curb that enthusiasm because you know Carolina is noticing that they're going to be zeroing in on Jacoby when they see him in the red zone. So that means maybe Nelson Aguilar gets some short yardage catches, although he's more known for being the Patriots' deep threat, and the Patriots utilized him as such on Sunday against the Chargers. Kendrick Bourne is also someone that the Pats will definitely target in that area. Bourne had a tough game on Sunday fumbling the ball. He ended up in that Belichickian version of double secret probation, I like to call it, where you fumble <laughs> the football and you get sent to the, uh, the sidelines and you're there thinking about what you just did for quite a while. So those could be some of the receivers that would be targeted on um, 
on Sunday. And as much as the Patriots fan base grimaces every time I mention this man's name, Nikhil Harry is capable of going up and making some tough athletic catches. He's not going to be your most reliable target. He's not going to be your most used target, but he can make the catches when you need him to do that. So I would look for the Patriots uh, wide receivers at this point to get some play. At the tight end position, obviously, Hunter Henry has been a great route runner for Mac Jones. I think that will continue. And based on what we're seeing from the Patriots and trying to get him incorporated, don't be a bit too surprised to see John o. Smith get some jet sweep carries out of the backfield. Patriots would love to get him going this week. Yeah, Mike, we'll get into kind of our keys to the game here in a few. But one of the keys, I think, for the game on Sunday will be Carolina's ability to run the football against New England. As I pointed out previously, Carolina is fully committed to find their offensive identity via the run game. Chris McCaffrey, whether he comes back or not, they have three running backs that were capable last week, Amir Abdullah and Chuba Hubbard and Royce Freeman, of being able to be successful against Atlanta. Now, with the rush game against New England, what kind of success could Carolina have? What kind of rush defense does New England have? And also, if Carolina has to be a passing team, who are some of the guys that might be able to wreak some havoc in on Carolina, whoever plays at quarterback, whether it's Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker sitting back there in the pocket? Well, in a lot of ways, I think right now the New England Patriots have about middle of the pack when it comes to uh, uh, to run defense. And look, I think a lot of people expected their run defense to be much better than it's been, but they do have a lot of new faces up front in that defensive front, especially in the middle part. Lawrence Guy is the guy that really has been the stable force. He's the veteran in that team. He's the dictator on that line, and he knows exactly where everybody needs to be. Devon Godchow has been pretty much everything as advertised, but there have been some injury issues, and Devon has done his best job to uh, to push through those Christian Barmore as the rookie who I mentioned in the previous segment Julian has been phenomenal every time the Patriots need him to either get after the quarterback and become a disruptive force um, in the quarterback's rhythm he's there he's spending an awful lot of time in the offensive backfields of several offenses that the Patriots have faced he seems to be in the right place at the right time and that really has helped that middle part of that uh, run defense has helped them to really uh, shore up as well. Uh, you also have to give Matt Judon a lot of credit as well, being at the linebacker position. He's in on both run defense and pass defense. Obviously, he's become New England's best pass rusher, but his presence on the field allows some of the other guys to drop into coverage and help up front and defend against the run. And Carl Davis has been great in a reserve role as well with the nose tackle. He's come in and played well there uh, too. So. They're going to be keeping a sharp eye, as I like to say, on Locked On Patriots on the status of Christian McCaffrey. But ultimately, whether Christian is there or not, we know that that Carolina running attack is formidable with or without him in the lineup. Obviously, McCaffrey makes them all that much more dangerous, but this is still a team that can run for big-time yardage. Patriots are going to have to be ready for it, and they're going to have to stack the box and have a lot of bodies up front on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you look at both sides of the ball, it seems like it's going to be a formidable matchup for both teams on Sunday, which should make things fun, as these teams don't typically match up very often. And with new quarterbacks and Darnold, who I'm certainly sure Bill Belichick has a book out on him, and if he does play or not, it'll be interesting to see how he's able to bounce back. If Christian McCaffrey is available, and even if he's not, it'll be interesting to see what the Carolina Panthers are able to do and if they can continue the kind of forward momentum that they were able to have last week with the win against Atlanta and running for 200-plus yards in that game as they are in search of an offensive identity about halfway through this NFL season here in 2021. So we'll uh, take another quick pause here. Then on the other side, we'll get into some of our keys to the game and predictions on what will occur between the Patriots and Panthers Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. 
Patriots fans and Panthers fans, we are ready to bring you home today here on this crossover Thursday, but not before giving our thoughts on exactly how this game might play out. And maybe we'll even throw in a couple of game predictions. Julian, I'm going to put you on the hot seat first since you started us off with some great Panthers information. When you take a look at this game on Sunday, what are your keys to the game offensively, defensively, and how do you see it all shaking out down in Charlotte? Yeah, offensively, it's very simple. Carolina has went out there and decided that they need to be a running football team. Matt Rule had some sort of come-to-Jesus moment um, meeting Monday morning following the loss to New York with offensive coordinator Joe Brady and told him, hey, stop throwing the ball 40-plus times. We are not good enough to do that, whether that's an indictment on Sam Darnold or Joe Brady's offensive system overall. I don't know. The answer is probably both. But what Matt Rule wants to see is a team that has balance, throwing the football, and running the football. His key is to get to 56 completions or rushing attempts per game. They got to 60 on Sunday. And coincidentally, that led to victory against the NFC South rival Atlanta Falcons and finally snapped that four-game losing streak where they now sit four and four. They had a lot of positive momentum earlier in the season. Sam Darnold was playing well. It's unfortunate that he potentially might not be available on Sunday. Now he's dealing with the concussion and the protocol and a shoulder injury to go with that as well. Whether Chris McCaffrey plays or not, Carolina should be looking to run the football like they did on Sunday against Atlanta. Now, Bill Belichick is a different animal when it comes to defensive masterminds, one of the greatest in the history of the game, and arguably, if not the greatest head coach in the history of the National Football League. So there's plenty of respect from this coaching staff when they look at Belichick when he's able to achieve there in New England and what he's trying to achieve now with Mac Jones at quarterback. So offensively, Carolina, being able to run the football and for whatever whoever plays quarterback, being able to take care of the football will be the key for them defensively, like when they played Zach Wilson week one and when they played Davis Mills week three. Trying to wreak havoc on their rookie quarterback is their key to success. Yes, Mac Jones, like you pointed out, has looked good. He has been accurate. But if guys like Hassan Reddick, who leads the NFC in sacks seven and a half, and Brian Burns can get after him, then he might not feel as comfortable. And you might be able to force some of those turnovers and mistakes that he's made so far this season at times. And if they're able to do that, I think Carolina should have a great opportunity on Sunday to be able to win this football game. I think they match up great in the secondary with Stephon Gilmore out there. And the same thing with uh, Dante Jackson and A.J. Bouye and Keith Taylor, C.J. Henderson. I think it could be a great matchup for them defensively. So those are the keys to Carolina, being able to run the football, be able to control the line of scrimmage, time of possession, allow this defense to be able to be rested going to the fourth quarter and then getting after Mac Jones and trying to get him off his spot and force turnovers from the rookie quarterback on Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. Very, very good. And I think that that is something that uh, a lot of Patriots fans uh, will definitely take to heart. And we'll see. We'll see if the Panthers are going to be able to do that on both sides of the ball. For the New England Patriots, you mentioned play calling and Joe Brady's ability uh, to bring this team to prowess. Josh McDaniels has come under a little bit of fire this week for some how shall we say uh, conservative play calling, I guess is the best way to put it, Julian. A lot of people think oh, no. that he should take the training wheels off a little bit and maybe give Mac Jones the opportunity to test the ball, especially in short yardage, third and fourth down situations. Go for it. Let the kid cook. If that does happen, the New England Patriots have to get stout protection from their offensive line. They seem to have stumbled onto a better um combination that they've used in the last couple of weeks with Ted Karras starting at left guard and also Michael Wainu coming back and starting at right tackle. If that is indeed the case, it should give the Patriots adequate protection to be able to try to run the ball, utilizing Damian Harris as their bell cow back. If that does happen, 
that will open up play action for Mac Jones, and he'll be able to utilize and hit his targets in short yardage, most notably Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, and maybe even Jonu Smith carrying the ball out of the backfield with the jet sweep. Defensively, this is not going to be an easy matchup for the New England Patriots. You've mentioned their prowess in being able to run the football, and that's an area where the Patriots can be had. However, New England right now is going to have to stack that front seven like we talked about earlier with bodies that are going to be able to come in, be able to, t- uh, to take some of the hits that they're, uh, uh, that they're given and try to keep the ball in the hands of their quarterbacks. If Donald is not able to go, P.J. Walker has proven to be a very mobile quarterback and the Patriots have traditionally had some difficulty defending these guys. This is going to be a tough matchup for New England. It may come down to which defense is able to keep the offense in check most rather than be an offensive uh, uh, you know, outburst from both teams. I don't know about you, Julian, but I'm looking at a close game here in Charlotte. I really think this is going to be a good one. Two evenly matched teams. Yeah, what's the uh, the line looking like right now on Bet Online? I know the Patriots open up as road favorites. What does it look like right now? Do you remember? I'm seeing three and a half. New England is right. Yeah, exactly. At three and a half right now is the line courtesy of betonline.ag. So yeah, this will be an interesting matchup to see if that line moves, how it moves. And really, I think practice participation reports are going to be a big part of that. You start to see that McCaffrey is practicing and he looks like he's going to go. That line may fluctuate a little bit. And also uh, JC Jackson was out of practice on Wednesday as well. Patriots top cornerback he's listed with an illness if he continues to be on the sideline that uh, line could move a little bit as well so I think a lot of the health coming into this game it's going to be a big factor in determining who uh, who has the upper hand going into Sunday's game yeah in terms of just you know looking at the game possible predictions for both sides I think just with Carolina being able to get that win against Atlanta and being able to do what they did offensively and doing what Matt Rule I think has wanted to do for a long time since he became the head coach here last year, has to give them a lot of confidence. Whether Sam Donald plays or not, they know who they want to be. And being able to find identity is so crucial for every team in the NFL, but especially a young team like Carolina. Coming back home, where I expect there's going to be plenty of Patriots fans in that building, as the last couple of home games have been overtaken by Eagles fans, and even more surprisingly so by Vikings fans. There's plenty of New England Patriot transplants and people from the uh, from up there who are down in North Carolina where They'll try and temper the home crowd advantage a little bit for Carolina. But with Stephon Gilmore back in a revenge game and liking the matchups they have defensively, I wouldn't be surprised to see Carolina win this game. I don't know if I'm ready to pick them right now, but I could see it going either way. Like, I really do think this is a last possession game for both of these teams, whether Sam Darnold's out there or not. I think Carolina has a great opportunity to win this football game, and it probably comes down to the fourth quarter and maybe who has the ball last and who can make that defensive stop just looking at this matchup on Sunday. I don't know whether you're ready to go here on a, on as we record on a Wednesday, come out on a Thursday, ready to say who you think will win this game. But uh, that's kind of where I stand right now, Mike. Yeah, I'm standing at the same direction that you are right now. You know, I think it's going to be very tough right up until kickoff to determine whether or not, well, who's going to have the upper hand here. I think a lot of it's going to determine on who's active for these teams and who's not. Uh, They're definitely evenly matched. Uh, You're hearing a lot of the chirping. Uh, Stefan Gilmore was very verbose in what he had to say on on, uh, Wednesday in his first, uh, uh, you know, media appearance regarding this game. So, you know, he's going to be fired up and ready to go and giving the Panthers a lot of information 
information when it comes to the Patriots' offensive and defensive strategies. I agree with you. I think this one's going to come down to the wire, and I really think these two teams are evenly matched. So, folks, stay tuned to Locked On Panthers and Locked On Patriots for our definitive game predictions later in the week. But for right now, Julian Council and I will agree to agree uh, that this one is going to be a really tough game and a really good game at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Absolutely, Mike. Can't wait to see it. Been fun talking with you and it should be a fun game on Sunday. Awesome conversation with my friend over there, Mike DeBate, who covers the Patriots for Sports Illustrated with the Patriots Maven on SI and also he's the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. So go ahead and follow him on Twitter at MDebate. NFL. So M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. Go ahead, follow him. He's a great follow for the Patriots. Did a great job there on the show. Big time game for the Panthers on Sunday against New England. On tomorrow's show, of course, is our weekly Friday mailbag. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and at me or DM me your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Also, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, odyssey and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the locked on podcast network appreciate you guys as always and i will talk to you on friday is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 